Welcome to the Littles Love Learning Podcast, the place to be if you want to teach your child to read and write correctly and effectively based on the science of reading. My name's Erin, and I'm a former classroom teacher with my master's degree in early childhood education and over 15 years experience. And although I'm no longer in the classroom full-time, I spend my days subbing, tutoring, volunteering, and working with students on their literacy skills. I am passionate about helping parents like you understand how kids learn to read and write in the right way, because yes, there is a right way. Each week we'll tackle the most important topics in early literacy, including the best way to teach letters and sounds, the difference between sight words and high frequency words, and why spelling and handwriting should not be skipped. Are you ready to help your child become a strong reader? Then let's dive into today's episode. Today we are talking all about the alphabet and specifically the best order to introduce the letters. Now, if you've seen my previous video all about letter of the week, you know that I'm not a fan. <laughs> letter of the week is not backed by science. It's not research-based. It's ineffective and it's really an outdated method. And unfortunately, we still see this method a lot, especially in preschool, but also in kindergarten. And it's something that we want to try to get away from now that we know better based on research on how we should be introducing the letters. Now, we don't know from research the one true perfect order to introduce the letters in. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know if it ever will exist, but as of this recording, there is no one order to introduce the letters that is backed by all science and all research. So that gives us a little bit of wiggle room to figure out what works best for us and in our classrooms or at home with our own little ones. Alphabetical order is an option. You can introduce the letters in alphabetical order. However, I'm going to give you some suggestions on other ways you can introduce them that I think are a little bit more effective. And then I will show you my two favorite ways to introduce them at the end of this video. Before we dive into the options for introducing the letters, I just wanted to talk about a few things. First, letter names are important. There is a push right now on social media to suggest that maybe memorizing the alphabet or learning letter names is not as valued of a skill, that it's not super important, when in fact, it actually is an important skill for our kids to master. Research is showing that kids at the end of pre-K, their letter name knowledge is predictive of their future reading success in kindergarten and first grade. So it is important. It's also showing us that when students only learn letter sounds, then they only know letter sounds. But when students learn letter names, they're more likely to pick up on the letter name and the letter sound. So it's just more information about the alphabet, about these letters that we want them to know. Now, I am a huge proponent of starting with the sound and then introducing the letter and talking about how the letter spells that sound. And I have a video all about how I introduce the letters and I make sure to include six components for each letter that I think is very important. So I will link that video down below. But I just wanted to mention, if you see this floating around social media or on the internet, that letter names, while they may not help students in terms of blending and reading words, they are very important because they help our students anchor those sounds into their memory so that when they do see that letter, that they're more easily able to retrieve that sound so they can read the word. 
so they are important. The second thing I wanted to mention is that there is a benchmark for students leaving pre-K before they go to kindergarten in terms of how many letters we want them to know. So right now, the benchmark is about 18 uppercase letter names, 15 lowercase letter names, and then some sounds. That's great. And kind of having an understanding of the alphabetic principle, that these letters are representing sounds. That's really what we want to strive for in pre-K before our kids go off to kindergarten. So that's why the way we introduce the letters in these younger years and the order is really important. We don't want it to be ineffective, which is why I don't recommend letter of the week. We want it to be something that is effective and meaningful so that our little ones can anchor it into their brain so they are going to be ready to take off with reading by the time they get to kindergarten and first grade. All right, so let's talk about some different orders we can use when introducing the letters. The first one is called own name advantage. So this works best with your little one at home or if you have a small group. That's when you're going to be introducing the letters first that are in your little one's name, their own name advantage. We know our kids love their names and they're much more motivated to learn those letters when they're part of their name. So that is an option. Although I will say it can get a little tricky if our little ones have a name where the letter is not representing the expected sound. So for example, Charlotte, that CH at the beginning, which we can teach our kids represents ch, can also represent sh, especially when words come from French. And so that might throw them off a little bit if you're working on sound. So just something to keep in mind. But our little ones do love to learn the names of the letters in their name. The second one is the name sound connection. So some of our letters have the sound embedded in the letter name. So for example, M, M, it has that sound in its name. So you can introduce letters based on if the letter name has the sound embedded in it. You can also introduce letters based on letter frequency. So this is something you can look up and see which letters are more often in words and books that our little ones are going to see. So they're gonna see the letter A a lot more than they're gonna see the letter X or Y or Z. So you might wanna introduce them in an order where the letters they're gonna see more frequently are going to be towards the beginning of the introduction and then you're going to introduce the letters that they don't see as frequently later on in the process. Then there is also the consonant acquisition order which means looking at the letters that our little ones are able to pronounce, the sounds they can pronounce more easily and earlier, and introducing those first. So we know there are some letter sounds that are super tough for our little ones to make. Those speech sounds can be really tough and they don't acquire them until later on. And so you might want to teach those letters and their associated sounds later, and you might want to teach the ones that they can say more easily sooner that is an option as well. So those are just some different ways that you can introduce the letters. But now I'm gonna show you my two favorite ways that I use with my own students and my kids at home. So if you saw my video about no letter of the week, you know that I advocate for teaching the alphabet in cycles and that if we do it more quickly where we're going through three or four letters in a week or even a letter a day, we can get through the alphabet more quickly and then we can do the whole alphabet again. So we can have different cycles. This way, our little ones see a lot, the 
letters over and over again so they have a lot of repetition and a lot of exposure. So this is something that I like to do because when I introduce the alphabet for the different cycles, I can do it in different orders. The first time I introduce the alphabet, I like to do it in the order for reading so that my kids can right away start blending and reading words. And then the second time I introduce it, I like to introduce it in terms of writing. So making sure that the letters that are written in a similar way are grouped together. So let me show you my favorites. So on this side, I have my order for reading. Now this order was taken from my training for Orton Gillingham. And so I like to follow this because all of the decodables that come with my training follow this order. That way, by the time my students have learned a few letters and their associated sounds, even just this first row, they're able to read and spell so many words already. So we don't have to go through the whole alphabet before they're able to read and spell words. I also like this order because it includes the digraphs, which are two letters that represent one sound, so that we're not going through the whole alphabet and then going back to the digraphs. They're actually embedded throughout here. So I will hold this up. If you wanna take a screenshot, you can. If you want to message me, I can also give you this information um, in an email, or if you comment down below, I can respond back to you as well. But that is my reading order. Now, when I am teaching the letters the first time, I absolutely include letter formation as part of my instruction. And in fact, if you watch my video all about how to introduce letters using a speech to print philosophy, you'll see that one of the components is letter formation. So that is very important even with reading. But for the second time I introduce the letters, I can actually group them in a way that is more easily for writing where I'm grouping them based on how to form the letters. So for this section, I have lowercase letters here, but I just wanna make a caveat that I actually teach uppercase letters first in preschool and pre-K. I think it's very important that us preschool and pre-K teachers focus on uppercase letters for a multitude of reasons. I have a video about that. I will link down below so you can see. But for this example, I am showing lowercase because I do think that toward the end of pre-K, the summer before kindergarten, and of course in kindergarten, it's really important that we focus on lowercase formation. That's not to say uppercase is not important. I think it is crucial that our little ones learn uppercase first, but I do think that when they're ready, end of pre-K, summer before kindergarten and kindergarten, then we are getting them to lowercase letters, absolutely. So this order is based on lowercase letter formation. If I was doing a younger class, I would have this order based on uppercase letter formation. Just wanted to throw that out there. But for this order, up here, I have all of my magic C letters. So these are all of my letters that start by making the letter C, which means they start at two o'clock on the clock and they go up and around, they go counterclockwise and they are formed all using the same motion. So that's why those are all up there. Then for my second row, I have letters that are all starting at the middle line. So if you use primary lined paper, I like to call it the skyline, the plain line and the grass line. So the plain line is that middle line. So all of these here start at the middle line and then they go straight down. Then over here, these three 
F is just kind of an outlier because you don't start right at the top of your paper. You have to start a little bit below that top line. E is the trickiest letter. If you've ever seen a little one working on lowercase letter E, it is so tricky since you're going over and then up and around. And then Z, E and Z really start with that same motion going the same direction. And then down here, these letters start at the plane line, so that middle line, go down to the bottom and back up, and they're made with diagonals. So I included those together as well. So if you wanna screenshot this, you can see the order. Like I said, you can comment below and I can also give it to you. So these are my two favorite orders for reading and for writing. I think they make the most sense for me, but what I can also do is I can also assess my class and see where they are or my own kids at home. If they already know some of these letters, they know the associated sound, they know how to form the letter, they know if their voice box is on or off, they know the keywords. I am not going to spend a lot of time on that letter. There is no use reteaching and refocusing on letters and sounds that they already have mastered. So if you can do this in small groups so that you're more targeted, your instruction is more targeted, that's great. Parents at home, you are at such an advantage because you only have to work on your one little one's alphabet knowledge. Or maybe if you have a small group, maybe if you're doing um, homeschool or if you're doing a preschool co-op, maybe just a few kids that you're working with, that is really an advantage as well because you don't want them to have to relearn and relearn and relearn the same letters if they know them. So it'll speed up the process if you know which ones they already know and which ones they don't. But like I said, those are my favorites. I've seen a lot of success with them, even with four-year-olds, five-year-olds, before they go to kindergarten. It's amazing how well they can learn the letters, the sounds, and how to form the letters when we're being intentional, intentional about how we are introducing them. So I hope this video was helpful. If it was, I'd love for you to like it, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to my channel. You can also comment below and let me know your thoughts about what order you introduce the letters in and if maybe one of these orders will work better for you and your class this year. I also wanted to mention that when I do introduce the letters, I use an animal alphabet that I created. I will link it down below. It's free to download and print from my website, littlestufflearning.com. I love using animals as keywords for each letter of the alphabet because kids just love animals. And it's super fun because we put a sign language sign for each animal so that when we're doing other activities with phonemic awareness or with the alphabet, I can use these animal signs like mm for mouse or t tiger to spark their memory of that letter and its associated sound. So I think that's really helpful, especially because we know kids love animals and it keeps it kind of on theme. So thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. For more information on helping your child learn to read, head over to my website, littleslovelearning.com. While you're there, don't forget to join my email list so you stay up to date with all things early literacy. You can also find me over on Instagram at Littles Love Learning Blog. Happy learning!